Welcome to Empowering Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Empowering Connections will focus on healthy ways to improve these relationships, help you manage your stress, and attain a better sense of self-fulfillment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, my guest is Jawan Hawkins. He is the Dean of Student Services at Oakland Community College. He is an author, a mentor. He is a 2021 Michigan Chronicle Men of Excellence awardee. He is the facilitator of the Man Up program, a student success program at Oakland Community College. And once again, he is a author. He has written two books. And he's also a college success coach. Jawan, would you like to tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and also tell them the title of the two books that you've written? And we'll talk a little bit more about those later in the podcast. And thank you so much for coming today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that, Connie. Uh, Always good to uh, chop it up with you. I know that we have um, collaborated on some projects in the in the past, and it's exciting to be here, uh, understanding that you have expanded your voice and your platform through this podcast. So um, congratulations to you on the launch of your, of your podcast, and uh, thank you for having me today. But uh, in terms of the books that I've published, I've been blessed to publish two, uh, the first of which was in 2016. Um, As a struggling college student myself and now someone who works in the higher education environment, I thought it was important to create a mechanism through which first generation and struggling students could assimilate to the higher education environment. And so uh, at that point, I published my first book entitled Finding My Way, A Practical Guide to College Success, which essentially provides students with a blueprint as to how to be successful in the higher ed environment. Um, I wrote the book with first-gen students in mind, with struggling college students in mind, with students who just don't have um, parents and loved ones who can share with them uh, exactly the tools, tips, and strategies that it takes to be successful in that environment. And then as I started to promote the book and go around to various events, I realized that many of the events that I was attending and promoting Finding My Way uh, they were family friendly, friendly, and uh, families mean that you have kids of all ages that are participating, including young kids. And I didn't have anything at that point in time that really spoke to that audience. So in 2019, I published my second book, Donovan's College Adventure, which was inspired by my now nine-year-old, as of last week, believe it or not, uh, son Donovan, uh, when he was about five. And uh, the book really just kind of chronicles Donovan imagining himself as a college student. So he's hanging out on campus. He's participating in student activities. He's studying abroad. He's doing science experiments, the whole night. Everything that college students get to do, get to do he, he gets to do. And so uh, that book was published in 2019. Uh, the world has responded very well to it. I'm thankful to uh, to share that, the, you know, the book is being purchased by individuals in several countries, several school districts have picked it up as as reading for their students. And um, it, it's just been very well received. So very proud of those two projects. And um, the same theme 
is really uh, hovering around both projects. It's all about college success and introducing students to the college environment, but obviously two different, uh, very different audiences. Awesome, thank you so much. Today, we're gonna talk about the power of mentoring. And I thought you were the perfect person for this. One, because of your um, commitment to the Man Up program at Oakland Community College. Also, because of the work that you do in the community, which is vast. Um, many times, Mr. Hawkins and I have collaborated on different projects. He's came to schools where I have been working as a counselor and just really has been informative, helping students navigate different aspects of their decision to go to college and how to have a successful experience once they get there. So mentoring is very important to me. It's obviously important to Juwan. And so we're just gonna talk about that a little bit today. And I wanna start with these two statements. The first one is there is power in developing strong interpersonal relationships. I can say all my life, the relationships that I have built have helped me to be the person that I am. And I know that they're so important. There is power in the influence that a person can have as a mentor, helping the mentee to navigate and conquer challenges that the mentor has already experienced. So you're getting good firsthand hands-on knowledge and wisdom to help you make it through whatever the issue is. We're gonna talk specifically about African-American males because Mr. Hawkins is African-American. We conquer the challenge to empower our community. And so this is another statement. Research suggests that black men are more likely to serve as informal mentors rather than formal mentors, and that they experience barriers to serving as mentors in formal mentoring programs. Developing close and supportive mentor relationships may be a mechanism by which mentoring develops and promotes positive outcomes for Black boys. And I love, love, love the fact that you wrote the book, Donovan's College Adventure. I bought that book for my grandsons, and I encourage everyone to buy that book. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you want to know what I think about those statements? Yes, absolutely. Well, I think I think that it's... Everyone has a story, right? And we talked a little bit about the inspiration behind the two books that I published. And that story is rooted in failure and frustration in that I was a first generation college student. I didn't perform well uh, during my first couple of years in college and I had to figure it out. But one of the things that I talk about in the book that was significantly important for me and my journey is the fact that there were individuals at Wayne State University who saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. They saw potential in me that I didn't see in myself when my confidence was waning as a college student. And they ultimately kind of carried me over the threshold from admission to graduation. And I believe in paying it forward because someone did it for me. There was someone who took time out of their day. There was someone who sacrificed resources for me. There was someone who decided that they were going to plug me into their resources and their network and, and help me grow from uh, the, the student I was when I 
entered that institution to the student I became when I graduated from that institution. And so now that I'm working in higher education, I see so many students, including the young men who remind me of myself, who remind me of that struggling student, remind me of that student whose confidence isn't necessarily where it needs to be. But yet I understand that just like I had the potential to be great and to be successful, they also have the potential to be great. They just need someone to help cultivate and foster that ideology, right? I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't have parents who uh, contribute to their edification. It doesn't mean that they don't have family members that have a vested interest in seeing them be successful. It just means that sometimes they need to hear an external voice someone who's not intimately involved in their development for them, for the message to really resonate the way that it needs to resonate. And so that's why I think that um, mentors outside of the family are very important. They're critical to someone's development because at some point in time, we all leave the nest also. And we have to have that extended family, so to speak, those cousins that aren't necessarily blood cousins, those uncles that aren't necessarily blood uncles that can take you under your under their wing and show you a better path, show you a smoother path and help you avoid some of the mistakes that they made when they were your age. So um, ultimately, mentoring is really core to, to, to my being as a professional and as an individual, because I, there's no way I would be where I am right now without mentoring. Okay, that was awesome. Let me ask you a question about the student success program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and your role and some of the things that um, are centered around that program in terms of mentoring students? Absolutely. So, you know, student success is a an interesting concept, right? Because everyone enters the higher education environment with different goals. But I try to conceptualize success by looking at completion, right? Because we tend to start a lot of things in life, but the difference between the haves and the have nots is those who have the commitment to complete versus those who don't follow through on that commitment, right? And so when we started out um, in 2011 and, and I sat down with the uh, the authors, the founders, if you will, of the Man Up program being the late Dave Matthews, who was a dean at OCC at that time, and Dr. Lloyd Cruz, who was a faculty member in political science at OCC, we talked about how can we get our young men to A, understand how important this opportunity is that they have in front of them. Being college students, having an opportunity to really build a life for themselves uh, that's much greater and much more fulfilling than the life that they were currently living, right? Um, but how can we also foster a spirit of completion despite the inherent circumstances and obstacles that Black men have to face, not only on college campuses, but in this country, right? And so the Man Up program was really the perfect marriage between giving young men the life skills they need to survive in society, but also giving them the educational skills they need to survive in college. And so it was an easy sale to the school districts that we were working with in Southfield and uh, Birmingham and Oak Park and so forth, where there's a critical mass 
of young black men. But we we also understand that if you can look at any metric as pertains to persistence and completion of higher education and black men are typically at the lower end of that spectrum, right, in terms of completers. And so despite the fact that we we're right smack dab in the middle of Oakland County, one of the most affluent counties in the country, we still have this this issue that we need to address as it pertains to black men and their attitudes toward the ability to complete a degree, certificate, or what have you in higher education, and then uh, giving them the tools, the tips, the strategies they need to thrive in that environment, both inside and outside the classroom. And so we're happy to, to report that, or I'm happy to report that the program has been going strong since 2011. We are still in existence. We're still being supported by the college, which is phenomenal because they see the value in the program. We've had over 300 young men complete the program and earn two college credits as part of that program, which they can transfer to any institution as elective credit. And so I can't really speak quantifiably to the lives that we've touched through the program. But what I can say is that when we talk to parents, when we talk to graduates of the program, when we talk to administrators, you can we, we understand fully how much uh, the community values the Man Up program. And uh, we don't individually take credit for it. We collectively take credit for it. We're just part of the village, right? We're just one of the tools. We're just one of the resources that our students are tapping into to reach their educational and personal goals. And so the Man Up program, uh, we hope to get another 12 or so years out of the program and to reach another 300 plus young men. We're gonna to continue to fight that good fight because we understand that for many of our young men, this is one of the few safe spaces they have to be themselves while working toward their ultimate goal of college success. Absolutely. And, you know, I just want to applaud you and those gentlemen for even coming up with this type of program, because I remember being on campus at MSU as a minority uh, a little while ago. <laughs> However, <laughs> I felt um, small in comparison to the to the number of students um, to people that looked like myself, uh, being a first-generation college student, as you say. And just, you know, it's so important for first-generation and African-American men to realize that they do have a place. They have people that they can talk to, people who are in higher education who have come down the same path that they're trying to go down and also, you know, a place where they can come and ask questions, learn how to navigate different systems within a college setting, um, think about future goals, build relationships. All of those things are so important. And I know you said you couldn't give me a quantifiable number, but could you just give me like a little um, story about an African-American male or young man that you've helped um, we really would like to hear about it. Well, I can tell you that um, one of the indicators that a program, a product, anything is working is that 
someone will come back, right? And they'll try to tap into that resource again. And we actually had a parent at uh, Oak Park High School. Um, Melvin is the first name. I can't remember the gentleman's last name, but he actually had three of his sons complete the, the Man Up program. And so, uh, you know, our first cohort, we had one of his sons in the program and subsequently he came back. He had another one right behind him. And then he had a third son, maybe two or three years later that participated in the program. And he said to us every year, this was the best thing that happened to his family because when the first son graduated from the program and went on to attend college out of state, he then became a better mentor, big brother, if you will, to his younger brothers, having had the experience of gone through the, going through the Man Up program. And so when he shared that with us, it just warmed our hearts. And, and just to see him at the, at, the, at the Man Up graduation every year, and he'd bring his sons who had completed the program back to watch their younger brothers complete the program, it really just told us that we were doing something right, that we were um, creating a space that was going to, 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 to resonate, not just with the young men, but also with their family. And when you see families being impacted, you know you're beating, you know, you know you're knocking on the right door, right? You know that you're building community because if you have strong individuals, you can have strong heads of families. And if you have strong heads of families, then you have strong communities. And so that's really the reach of the Man Up program. Uh, he, uh, he was actually getting prepared to have a fourth son of his come through the program. Uh, and a couple of months prior, uh, his son passed away. His, his son was actually murdered. And um, I reached out to him on social media to offer my condolences and he just talked about in the midst of his grieving, how proud he was that his son was getting prepared to participate in the Man Up program and how happy he was that this opportunity was going to be afforded to a fourth child of his. And so I feel like in many ways we're part of the family um, because we've grown to intimately know um, so many of, uh, of the children in that family. One of his sons actually ended up pledging Kappa Alpha Psi, which is a fraternity that I pledged some 20 years ago. And so we have that bond now. And I got a chance to connect with him a couple of years ago when he was home from school. And we talked about fraternity. We talked about the Man Up program. We talked about how participating in that program made him so much more of a confident student when he moved out of state and went to school. And so um, that's probably one of the most impactful experiences that we've had in the Man Up program is having an entire family of boys participate. Okay, awesome. That is a beautiful example of the strength of mentoring and helping to facilitate first-generation college students and just helping African-American males to be the person that they can be. I love Absolutely. it. I love it. I love it. Thank so you. this is just going to segue into the question about why is it important for African-American boys to have mentors? And, you know, for me, it's 
being a counselor, working with young men who sometimes don't have the father in the home. I'm glad that this family was one where both parents were present, but that's not always the case. Um, sometimes young men are growing up with single parents. And I think that um, that mom may be the person that wants their son to have a mentor outside of their father relationship, just an extra pair of, of eyes. <laughs> so what, what do you what do you think? Well, like I said before, I think it's it's important that we have extenders to our family that can provide guidance to our um, young men in particular, because we know I'm a parent of a nine year old. And don't get me wrong. I don't think you know he's hard headed at nine, but I can only imagine once he starts feeling himself and learning a few things, how stupid he's going to think I am as his dad. Right. And yet. I'm thankful because of my fraternity connections, because of my higher education network, because of my friends, that I can then outsource some of that mentoring to those individuals and they will be ready and willing to provide that for my son. Um, I think that we would be naive in thinking that uh, within our nucleus, we can solve all problems for our children, right? And I think that's why programs like Man Up, programs like Jack and Jill, programs like the auxiliary groups for all of the fraternities and sororities exist because we understand that it takes a village and we cannot um, forget that. We cannot forget the importance of community. And our mentors are part of the community. We assign in traditional African heritage uh, different people to perform different tasks within the community. You have your storytellers, you have your clergy, you have your caretakers, you have your builders, right? But you also have your mentors, right? You have individuals that our children can look up to and say, oh, wow, I want to be like that. I know that there is a distance in time and space and experience between where I am currently and where that individual is currently can they connect with me and help me understand the path that it takes to get to where they are? And that's truly what mentoring is. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be uh, chronologically older than that individual. Because we both know individuals that are younger than you and I that have accomplished great things, amazing things. And we're just trying to figure out how we can get to we, to where they are. We're trying to figure out how we can get on their level, right? Exactly. A lot of it has to deal with um, ego and putting that ego to the side to be willing to accept mentoring from someone else also um, and understand that we don't have all the answers. And so it is a two-sided relationship in that you have to have a willing mentor who wants to share information and intel, and then you have to have a willing recipient of that information and intel for that relationship to work. But yeah, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's critically important that we have allies outside of our family that can give us a little bit of a, of a, of a backup <laughs> every now and again as it relates to our kids. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And I think about um, my youngest son, who I'm just going to do just a little, little bit of mom brag. <laughs> 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 when he was a student um, at the Oakland Early College Program, 
I made sure to introduce him to you. I made sure to introduce him to uh, Mr. Spann, who was then the dean at that particular um, campus that he was on. No doubt. And then when my son decided to go to medical school, his mom is a person that loves developing interpersonal relationships with others. And I was like, okay, what doctors do I know? Because <laughs> I'm not a doctor. No doubt. No doubt. So I, I needed him to be comfortable and have that relationship with people who've already done it. Mm-hmm. They've already done it. They're, they have the title and they have the, the influence and the, and the information. And so I was like, this is very important. So I'm going to connect you to this person, this person, and this person. And when you have a question, because I can't answer them doctor questions, <laughs> you're going to talk to this person, this person, and that person. <laughs> and it's, just, it's just wonderful. You know, even when he was, you know, transferring from the early college to DePaul, I was like, here, uh, take, take this book, Finding My Way. Um, go ahead and read some chapters. <laughs> He's a very competent young man. No doubt. But it's just nice to have extra people in your life outside of your parents, outside of the people that you interact with every day who can provide that support, who can help you navigate, who can help you build. I agree. I totally agree. And you mentioned uh, Dean Spann and, and Robert and I uh, have known each other since I've been at OCC and he's someone that I truly consider to be a professional mentor. He encouraged me um, when I questioned uh, my career in higher education and what my path was going to be and how I was going to be able to be successful in higher ed. He encouraged me to apply for positions that I didn't think I qualified for. And yet I was able to attain. And I'm thankful for him because he's always been a positive force in my life. He's always been someone who is willing to tell me uh, something that's uncomfortable in, 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 in all in the spirit of making me greater, all in the spirit of um, making me see something or allowing me to see something that I don't see in myself. And so, uh, believe it or not, uh, I met one of the most influential mentors in my life in my late 20s, early 30s, that being Dean Spann. And so I'm very thankful for continued mentorship into my professional life. That's awesome. And it is, like I said, that is why I am discussing this topic with you, because relationships help you in every area of your life. And it's oh, not they, yeah. It's just and, and there's more than one type of intimate relationship. We're talking about mentoring today. That's right. That's right. So how can African American men who are successful contribute to the future success of other African American males? And I know that you are a part of Man Up and your fraternity but can you give the audience some suggestions, things that they can do to help mentor young men um, in the community? Well, first and foremost, we have to understand that we are all successful in our own right. I, I think that a lot of folks are reluctant to be a mentor to others because they look at all of the screwed up things that they've experienced in life and they think, well, I'm not qualified to be a mentor. And I will share this story um, as it pertains to my religious and spiritual walk, right? I didn't grow up 
as a religious person. I didn't grow up um, as a spiritual, spiritual person. I didn't have a connection. And that wasn't cultivated in me until I was in my mid-20s. And a lot of the reasons why I um, refused, because we all make decisions, right? So I refused to join a church. I refused to um, create that connection was because I didn't think that I was ready. And that was the excuse that I continue to give myself is that I'm not in a position to be saved because ultimately I'm a 20 some odd year old bachelor out here doing my thing. Right. So it's interesting that when I started visiting this particular church, what connected me to the church was the fact that the ministers and pastors were all broken individuals. And, and, and I'm not saying that they were currently broken. They had been repaired, but they were openly discussing their brokenness that they had overcome and that they had come through. Right. And that made them to me seem so much more human, so much more normal and regular. Right. They weren't these deities that we look at and say, oh, well, they must be perfect. And, you know, they glow when they wake up in the morning and so forth. I said, oh, wow, this is something that I can connect with because they're willing to share the vulnerable aspects of their lives. And so I say all that to say, just like you don't have to be perfect to go to somebody's altar and turn over your life, you don't have to be perfect to turn over your information, your intel and your experiences to someone who's coming behind you simply because you made some mistakes. As a matter of fact, it, it qualifies you that much more to have made those mistakes and overcome them. I don't want a perfect mentor. I never want a perfect mentor. I don't want a mentor that can walk on water. I don't want a mentor that can, you know, feed the the, the, the millions with a loaf of bread. I want a mentor that has been in the mud, that's been broken down and built back up through their experiences in life because that's our real life experience. We bump our heads, we scrape our knees, we lose money, we make bad business decisions, we make bad relationship decisions. And we need somebody that's been through those things that can share with us how they overcame those things. Just like we can share with individuals how to overcome uh, failure in the higher education environment. We need business mentors. We need spiritual mentors. We need parenting mentors. We need mentors that can tell us how to uh, properly clean our homes and keep our homes and love our wives and our husbands. We need mentors in all of these different areas. And you give me somebody who's had a dirty house, who's had a jacked up marriage, who's got children that they can't control, and then they figured out how to do those things, that's why I want leading me. That's why I want sharing information with me because I understand what they had to go through in order to be in a position to give back. And so I say, bring me those individuals. Bring me the, the individuals who are in the, what do we call it, refurbished? Bring me the mentors that are in a refurbished category. I need them. I don't need the pristines, fresh out the box, never been used. I need I need the mentors that have been through some stuff. You want those people who are restored. That's right. Give me somebody that's been restored, refurbished, and they back on the shelf, ready to give another 10,000 miles because 
they've been through some things and they still have more to give. And so I think that's the first thing we need to understand is that we're all qualified through our experiences, through our trials, through our tribulations to give back to somebody else. Um, And secondly, we need to understand that the information that we have to provide has tangible and intangible value to someone, not everyone, but to someone. And so with that being said, it would be selfish of you to hold on to that intel and not be willing to share it with somebody else. And when I wrote the book, seriously, I've been sitting on that information for four years. So that book was supposed to be published in 2009, 2010. But I was sitting on it because I thought that I wasn't qualified to share the information. Who am I? I had only been working in higher education for a few years at that point in time. I had knowledge. I had intel. I had experiences to share, but I didn't believe I was qualified. And I was sitting on the information, holding it in to myself, not sharing the information. And I was being selfish because I didn't want my ego to be scraped by putting the information out there and somebody saying that it's not good enough. That was my ego issue that I had to overcome. But guess how many students were missing out on that information for the four years that I sat on it because I didn't think I was qualified. How many people I could have inspired in that time. How many people I could have helped graduate in that time, but because I was being selfish, they may have faltered. They may have not, they may have dropped out. They may not have completed. We have a responsibility to share this information. Yeah, it's the, it's the nice thing to do. It's the, uh, the selfless thing to do, but guess what? It's your responsibility to do these things. It's your responsibility to reach out to somebody else and give them information that they don't currently have and so i i take this seriously as you can as you can see as you can hear i'm very passionate about mentoring because i understand the responsibility that comes along with it and since i've taken on that responsibility it's really um helped me become a better person personally and professionally and so mentoring can also be healing for the provider as well in knowing that you're helping someone else reach their goals. That is beautiful. I don't even know how to, <laughs> to end. That, that was absolutely beautiful because I was planning to ask you what was a piece of advice, but just not holding information to yourself, providing that knowledge helping to support others. That was absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you. And and I I mean it wholeheartedly. Um, We've got to get out out of our own way. We really do. Because when we get out of our own way, we not only create a path for ourselves, but we create a path for those who come behind us. But we tend to stagnate that progress, that opportunity, because we talk ourselves out of moving forward. And as long as we stand pat, we believe that we're safe. But we don't realize how much we are regressing by staying in the same place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you told us a little bit about Donovan's college adventure. Would you like to point out 
um, anything about the Finding My Way book? Yes, uh, Finding My Way is once again a practical guide to college success. It's really written, like I said, out of a point in my life when I dealt with a lot of frustration, um, being a first-gen student and trying to figure out college and um, losing two scholarships and being on academic probation at Wayne State and so forth. And what I share in that book is everything that I wish my parents who had not gone to college could have shared with me as a student. And so I wrote it in a, in a voice that speaks directly to aspiring college students and current college students. When students read this book, I'm telling you, they tell me to a person, it was such an easy read because you really spoke as if you were a college student. And once again, that's, that's sharing that experience. I didn't write the book in order to prove how scholastic I was or how intelligent I was. I wrote the book to help people. And so the vernacular that's used in the book, I have a glossary in the book that breaks down terms that we use in higher education all the time and all the acronyms that we use all the time in higher ed that our students don't understand, but they need to know them. And so ultimately the book is about pointing students toward the information they need to make conscious and smart decisions about how they're going to pursue their degree. And once they're on that pursuit or in that pursuit, how to utilize the resources around them to ensure that they become completers. This is all about finishing the mission. And this book is just giving them a little bit of fuel, is giving them some direction, um, is giving them uh, the Google that they might need in order to get from point A to point B, which is ultimately walking across that stage. Uh, we got to get as many of our young people across that stage as possible, as possible. Um, and whatever we can do, whatever tools we can provide along the way, uh, it's our responsibility to share those tools. And so that's what Finding My Way is about. And uh, it, it's really near and dear to me because it's my first book. And uh, it's not perfect. But one of the things that I talk about in Donovan's College Adventure, we have these seven cool kids tips. And it's kind of like a mantra that Donovan gives to kids and they can read them with their parents daily. It's like an affirmation. And one of the uh, cool kids tips is that you don't have to be perfect to be great. And so I have to remind myself of that whenever I'm ready to produce something because it's never going to be perfect. This interview wasn't perfect, right? But it doesn't mean that it can't positively impact somebody. It doesn't mean that the words that you and I speak tonight aren't going to resonate with somebody and change someone's way of thinking. But because of fear and doubt, we disallow greatness to happen. And so you don't have to be perfect to be great is my favorite cool kids tip from Donovan's College Adventure because as a big kid, it's encouraging to me to just keep going, keep producing, keep moving forward because once again, we cannot be stagnated because if you stay in place, you're ultimately regressing. Absolutely. How can our audience reach you? I am available on all social media platforms at Jawan Hawkins. That's J-A-H 
Q-U-A-N-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel. Uh, you can also email me at info at JawanHawkins.com if you'd like for me to come out to your school or to your business and talk about college success uh, with your, uh, your, your students. I want to connect with your students. That's what my college success coaching business is about, uh, connecting with students, empowering students, and making sure that they reach their educational goals. Awesome, awesome. How, how, how can they find your books? My books are available on uh, JawanHawkins.com, my website. Uh, Donovan's College Adventure is available also on Amazon. Uh, if you have gotten a copy of Donovan's College Adventure, please leave me a review. Uh, that's very important for, our, for us independent authors. But JawanHawkins.com, you can purchase both books and um, I'll personally sign them if you purchase them directly from my website so yep absolutely uh check me out if you have any questions info at juan hawkins thank you very much thank you the empowering connections podcast is not intended to replace the need for a professional counseling relationship this podcast does not constitute professional advice or counseling services As always, if you need mental health services, please seek a qualified mental health provider. You can find Connie Aikens on the websites Psychology Today and Therapy for Black Girls. If you have an iTunes or Spotify account, please subscribe, share, and continue to listen. Feel free to check out Connie Aikens' website at www.empoweringserenity.net. And follow Connie on Instagram at ConnieAikensLPC. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast. We appreciate you listening to the Empowering Connections podcast and providing feedback. Stay positive.